Yesterday, we looked at the NFC side of things. Now we turn to the AFC. The 2020 NFL Draft is officially in the books, and we continue to grade each and every team's draft performance. Who will be busts, and who might propel their teams to playoff appearances in the near future? Part 2 of the 2020 Full Draft Recap is right here on Beyond the Blitz. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz crew back at it as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, and welcome back to part two of the 2020 NFL Draft Recap. Yesterday, we covered the NFC, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, pause this, go back, listen to that, and come back here. We had our headliners in last episode, and in this episode, we're going to end with way too early predictions, because why not? So beginning our AFC side of things, Justin, who do we have? So we covered the NFC East to start it yesterday's episode, and today we are going to start with the AFC East and a team that a lot of people thought could have do well in this draft with a lot of picks like the Minnesota Vikings, and that's the Miami Dolphins. So what grade are you giving the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, uh, this is an interesting team to start with. Uh, I talked a lot about how the Vikings had 15 picks yesterday, and they ended up getting an A+. The Dolphins, not quite on that spectrum. They had three first-round picks, uh, but I ended up giving them a B. This is a very hard grade for me to give. Uh, Tua, I've been talking about it for a long time. There was a lot of speculation whether they would or would not take him. I was never swayed one way. I knew Tua was going to Miami from day one. Uh, He's just their guy, so good pick whether or not he'll succeed, but I knew he was going to go there, so I can't argue against it. I think they reached for tackle Austin Jackson. He's okay, but again, I don't really think he's first-round talent. They shouldn't have picked him here. They got a decent corner, and Noah, I'm just going to be honest, don't know how to pronounce his last name, Uh, Edberg Baba, um, the Auburn guy, the corner. Uh, Yeah, he's okay. He's not mind-boggling, but the one thing I want to point out with the Dolphins draft is they had 11 picks, and they only picked one offensive lineman. The Dolphins perhaps had the worst offensive lineman in the NFL. You have a rookie quarterback who has a history with injury problems, and you didn't do anything to help him out. You gave him a mediocre lineman in the first round. They had a couple of good picks overall, which put them at a solid B. However, the fact they only drafted one offensive lineman, I could not, with a clear conscience, grade them any higher than a B. Yeah, I'm going to give the Dolphins a B-plus here. Tua, I like this pick. I mean, come on, taking for Tua. Next year is going to be losing for Lawrence or failing for Fields. So we'll see what happens next year in the top quarterbacks for the 2021 draft. But Tua, I honestly think they should have gotten an O-tackle here, man. I mean, a B-plus is a pretty good grade for a team. Honestly, like you said, they need to get offensive line. In my opinion, they could have gotten a decent quarterback. Uh, with their 18th pick, and I think Tua, he honestly might have been there. I think the Chargers might have had him second on their board. Uh, They definitely should have gotten an offensive tackle. Jackson getting him with the 18th pick, he's a prospect, and they need a plug-and-play player now, and he's just not the player to do that. Um, But I think uh, those are two solid picks. And then the cornerback whose last name either of us can really pronounce uh, it is interesting that they didn't go running back. They didn't go DeAndre Swift, um, but they did get the trade that we talked about yesterday and getting Matt Burita. That was a pretty good trade. Uh, but I think 
uh, that corner they got out of Auburn, he's a pretty good prospect. I think he could really work. But you already have two corners on your team, so maybe a nickel corner he could be? I, I don't know. And like you said, they got some O-line and D-line in the second round, and they filled in a lot of needs. But again, like some of the teams that I talked about yesterday, they filled the right needs, but I think at the wrong places. I think they should have gotten some higher caliber guys with some of these picks that they made. And going to another team in the AFC East, how about the New York Jets, Brandon? The New York Jets put a smile on my face. I give them an A minus. Uh, pretty good draft overall. Makai Becton at 11 is an absolute steal. I said it a lot. He's the best offensive lineman in the draft. So to get him there, Le'Veon Bell is smiling ear to ear because he finally has someone he can run behind and be that patient running back that he was when he succeeded in Pittsburgh. Uh, I like this pick a lot. Uh, safety Ashton Davis is a great third round pick. Uh, cornerback Bryce Hall in the fifth round is also very solid. Uh, a couple good pits. These guys are all going to step up and fill gaps immediately. So I give the Jets an A minus. Brandon, this is the first time we're going to have the same grade. I also give the Jets an A minus. With the Jets here, I think the key for this to go from an A minus to an A is health. Health is huge for a lot of these players, especially for P. Ryan Morgan and Hall, who they got in the later rounds. It's huge for them. But Becton, he was a pick, man. They they had to pick him. I wish they would have picked worse. I think he was a better tackle at that position they were at. But man, they didn't screw up this pick, man. They didn't get like the first round, what, like 20 years ago when they got a tight end in the first round, the top 10, uh, when they should have gotten a quarterback. And they got this pick right with Makai Becton here. Mims, he's going to be a number one receiver the next couple of years. He's great. Davis, like you said, he's great. But health is going to be huge for this team, for these players that they got. So I'll give him an A-. minus. And how about the Buffalo Bills, the team who's going to win the AFC East in 2020, did not have a first-round pick. Another one of those teams that didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, How do you think the Bills did, Brandon? Finally, your ludicrous hot take doesn't seem like a so far distant future. I give the Bills a B plus here. Again, without a first round pick, it's hard for a team to get an A in any means necessary. So a B plus is probably the best case scenario. They got a steal in AJ Epineza late in the second. I think a lot of teams passed up on them, like ahem, ahem, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, great pick right here. And then they got a solid QB, Jake Fromm from State Farm in the fifth round. He's a solid quarterback. They need a backup. I'm okay with taking a quarterback in the fifth round or beyond if you already have a starter. Uh, You never know if Josh Allen could go down. He is a very physical guy. And to have Jake Fromm, that reliable guy that could step up if that happens, you know, that's an okay pick. I'm not upset with that. Uh, I think the Bills got a couple other good defense picks, so I ended up giving him a B+. Brandon, two in a row, man. B-plus here for me, too. AJ Espinosa is a great pick here. I think he's going to be a good replacement for Jerry Hughes, who's getting up there in age. A good pass rusher, but again, getting up there in age. They got a good third-round running back to sure up that running back core with Devin Singletary in the backfield. But man, did I like that Jake Fromm pick. Um, there's a lot of people saying he could have gone a third or the fourth round, but when a guy like that falls to you, he could be one of the better backups in the NFL the next couple of years, especially with uh, Webb or Barkley. If they really want to make a cap move, they can get rid of Barkley and save some cap on uh, lots of upside for Fromm. I'm going to give him a B plus here. Jake from State Farm pick right here also kind of reminds me of the CeeDee Lamb pick that the Cowboys had in the previous. This pick was more for anything than keeping him out of your rival's hands. I think the Patriots would have absolutely picked him here if he fell to them that same round. So getting from here and keeping him out of their competitors' hands, I think that is the biggest move that they could have done. And speaking of the New England Patriots, a team that had a first-round pick but traded out of the first round. Brandon, how do you think the Patriots did in the 2020 draft? 
Uh, C minus, and the biggest reason right here is that they didn't get a quarterback, and that kind of questions me. Yes, we've been talking a lot. Stidham might be their guy, but he also might not be, and I think to not at least give him some competition is a mistake. And they said that their intentions going into the draft was to get a quarterback. However, I think the Bills taking Jake from State Farm definitely messed them up. So I uh, definitely bumped them down a couple of points for that. Uh, Kyle Duggar and Fernie Jennings were both good picks, so that bumped them up. Um, and Fernie Jennings, I think, was the best pick they had in the draft. Um, two tight ends in the third round is interesting. I know that they did that before with Gronk and Hernandez, and that worked out well. So we'll see if that repeats, but I'm not sure if these names are nowhere near as big as the other two names were. And another reason I bumped them down is because they drafted a kicker, but not necessarily that. It's because he's already bringing controversy into the Patriots organization with some questions about a tattoo on his right arm. Um, I'm not going to get any more into that. Uh, one way or the other, controversy is just not a good thing you want out of a rookie draft pick. I talked about this yesterday. What the heck is with this tight end class, man? There are a lot of teams that are picking some of these tight ends, more tight ends than they need to for no reason. Again, it just baffles me. But I'm going to give the Patriots a B here. Uh, Kyle Duggar, he's a Patriots pick, dude. I think it was a good idea for them to trade out of the first round because I think Love was most likely their guy, but they weren't able to get him. Uh, so they go back, they trade out of it. And I think a QB maybe is what they would have wanted, but honestly, it wasn't really necessary. Uh, I mean, you probably would have gone higher than you would have wanted to for Jalen Hurts. So I think it was good that they didn't get him. Two tight ends, I mean, not really what you want to do, but it's the Patriots. They know what they're doing. Uh, But the thing is, for me, why didn't you address the wide receiver position? I don't understand. You got Harry last year, yes. But Edelman's really the only good receiver you really have on that roster. And that's the reason why your offense didn't do as well. Yes, Brady is up there in age, but he didn't really have any weapons. So yes, you get some tight ends, but no receivers. They did address some needs, but I'm going to give him a B here. And now we start to go to the West Coast here in the AFC West. And the, I was about to say San Diego, but no, the Los Angeles Chargers. (laughs) How did the Chargers do in the 2020 draft, Brandon? This is the team I easily regraded the most amount of times. I kept going back. I wasn't sure what I wanted to give them. I had him up an A at one point. I think I had him down to a C plus at one point. I cut the difference and put him in a B plus. Uh, I like a lot of the things that they did in this draft. Justin Herbert was definitely the best pick they could have made here. I do think that he's going to immediately uh, be the guy He's not going to be mind-boggling right away, but very few rookie quarterbacks are, so don't expect that at all. But he's going to be good, and he's a great pick to challenge Tyrod for that starting position. And if, for whatever reason, he doesn't start, he gets to sit behind a seasoned player, whether or not you think Tyrod Taylor is a great quarterback or not. He knows what he's doing because he's been in the league a long time, so to give a talented guy like Justin Herbert some mentoring on the same team as a veteran is always a good thing. Uh, Kenneth Murray was an amazing pick. That linebacker is going to make a huge difference in that defense, and that defense is already pretty solid if they can stay healthy. So look out for Kenneth Murray to make an immediate impact. And KJ Hill, hot take, is the best seventh-round pick in this draft. I love this pick. I can't believe he thought of the Chargers here in the seventh. Uh, he's going to come in. I think he'll be immediate starter. Brandon, we're on the same page here, man. B plus. For the Los Angeles Chargers, Herbert, like you said, slam dunk pick here. Uh, like I've been saying, Tyrod Taylor, he's one of the better bridge quarterbacks in the NFL. I think Herbert's going to be the starter by at least week seven or week eight. Uh, Kenneth Murray, great job trading up and getting your guy right beside Denzel Perryman there at the middle linebacker position. I think he's going to do great. 
for that team. Good trade up. Uh, even if you did trade your second and third round picks, good trade up there. Uh, the running back Kelly out of UCLA, man, what a pick there. Uh, you lost Melvin Gordon, but now you're going to have your guy Austin Eckler right beside Kelly. And man, this is a, one of the better one-two punches maybe in the NFL at running back. We shall see. But they also address the number three spot at receiver, so I can commend that. So B+. Plus. And how about going from a pretty good draft to probably one of the worst drafts? And we've been saying about this for the Raiders year after year, especially with Gruden and Mayock as one of the perfect marriages in the NFL as far as controversy and as far as having some controversial draft picks. Brandon, what do you give the Las Vegas Raiders in this draft? I got to apologize for something real quick. Yesterday, I was talking about how I only gave one certain letter grade to a certain team, and that was just an incorrect statement because I have another one right here. And I don't know how I forgot about it because, boy, whew. but uh, similar to the Green Bay Packers from yesterday, I give the Las Vegas Raiders an F. Horrible, 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 horrible draft pick. Time's out by 50, and here's why. Henry Ruggs third at 12? You pick him up at 12? He was the first receiver you took in the first round at 12? Henry Ruggs is literally John Ross reincarnated. I, I don't really know what else to say about it. Like, come on. Henry Ruggs isn't a bad player, but he wasn't even top five at his position. And to get him at 12? I repeat it one more time. You picked Henry Ruggs at 12? What? Moving on. Quarterback Damon Arnett was not second-round talent, especially when they had two great safeties still remaining that they needed a defensive back just anywhere, and they got the wrong guy. Uh, the whole draft, it just seems like they were falling apart. And I repeat, Henry Rudd's at 12? F. Uh, I agree. They're one of the worst drafts, so I'm going to give them a C-plus here, one of my worst grades I gave yesterday. To the Packers, my worst grade is C minus. So C plus here for the Raiders is not bad. But on Rugs at twelve, I mean, I I can't really say it anymore because you said it like ten times. But Rugs at twelve, CD Lamb was their guy. I, I don't understand. The only thing I can think of is Gruden loves speed. I mean, we talked with John Wade. Remember when we talked with John Wade? He said Gruden just love, 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 love speed, quickness, going all the time. And that's the reason why they picked Ruggs at 12. I can see that. Arnett, I honestly think they panicked because the Falcons picked Terrell and they really wanted Terrell because he's a Clemson guy. And they did that with Farrell last year. And they panicked and they got Arnett. And he was their guy. But they definitely could have waited to the second or even the third round to get him. Uh, I do like the Bowden, uh, the running back they got. He's a Taysom Hill-like player. He was a quarterback for Kentucky at one point. Um, so a pretty decent pick right there. I think he can be used as a Taysom Hill-like player in Gruden's system, definitely. But why do you pick so many receivers? I don't understand. I mean, you have Tyra Williams there and a couple other guys. I mean, you, what, they pick like three or four receivers? I don't understand why they pick so many receivers. Maybe they're trying to make up for the bad pick they picked at Ruggs. I, I don't understand. And where was the defensive tackle? They didn't really pick one. They needed one. I, I don't understand. So C-plus here for the Raiders. Uh, how about a team that might be on the rise this year, the Denver Broncos? How do you think the Broncos did? It's funny that we're doing this. Uh, yesterday, we had the Packers and the Vikings back-to-back -back F and A+, and today we have the Raiders and Broncos back-to-back -back F, and you guessed it, 
A+. One of four A-pluses I gave in this draft, and it goes to the Broncos, who are a team for the last few months, have been saying that this is a team that's going to be competing next year, and I still believe that to be true. Their first two picks were receivers, and rightfully so, because you have Drew Locke, a quarterback who is young and desperately needs talent around him to make himself look like he's the guy. And they did exactly that. Elway knows that a struggling young quarterback needs help, and he got it. Jerry, Judy, and Hamler, as your two receivers, are it. Those are the guys in Denver that's going to change this franchise. And if Drew Locke can be the guy I think he's going to be, this team is now a contender. And oh my goodness, in the sixth round, we had the robbery. This should be a crime. Elway should be put in jail for this. To steal Nitain Muti in the sixth round should be a crime. He is one of the best offensive linemen in the draft, and he fell to the sixth round is insane. The Broncos had such a good draft. A-plus, good job. Yeah, good draft here for the Denver Broncos. I'm going to give them a B-plus. One thing, I think I'm going to compare them to the Raiders here. They also drafted a lot of receivers, the Broncos, but all three of their receivers were slam dunks. This wide receiving core that they have now because of this draft might be talked about as one of the best in the NFL in two or three years. And they also address that offensive line with Cushenberry and Muti, like you said earlier. So I think they are preparing their team to make a playoff run, especially with that seventh seed now in the AFC and the NFC. Kudos to the Broncos. Give them a B plus. And how about the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City? Stays at number 32, maybe a controversial pick here. Uh, How do you think they did, Brandon, with their late picks? Yeah, I give the Chiefs a solid B here. Uh, This is obviously a team that's going to be making another push for it next year, and they did nothing to change that. And as they said on draft day, sometimes you just have a hunch, and they had a hunch at number 32 at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, he's a great scheme fit. Uh, I'm not sure he's better than Swift. In fact, I know he's not better than DeAndre Swift. I've been saying it time and time again. Swift and Taylor are the two best running backs in this draft. Hilaire is number three. However, sometimes scheme fit is just the way you got to go. And to get that receiving back that desperately helps Patrick Mahomes more than as if he already needed the help, he's got it. So a uh, decent pick right there in the first round. I don't think it was the best possible pick, but decent. Um, again, we'll see. Uh, and Willie Gay Jr. in the second round is also another really good pick. He helps out even more. And this Chiefs team is going to make another push next year. Yeah, I can't agree with you more. But I'm going to give him a B- minus here. Clyde Edward Euler, like you said, fits their system. Nothing more to be said. He's one of my favorite running backs coming out of this draft. So a good pick there. I think he could be eventually in the future, maybe even a bell cow back uh, if Williams ends up leaving the Kansas City Chiefs. But my thing is, why didn't you get a corner? I, I don't understand. Fuller just left, and you signed with the Washington Redskins again, and you didn't really address that position. And as we heard earlier this week, Brashad Breland, he's in trouble with the law. So you may not have him this season. So I, I don't understand why they didn't go corner in the first or the second round. Gay is a good talent, but there's a lot of off-the-field issues with him. So they're going to have to wait and see how he does. And they have a lot of good players, though. Or maybe not a lot, but they had some good players that they got um, that have some health issues in the future rounds, like nine. Um, who has some health issues, but a good draft prospect that could be a potential future starter, but I'm going to give him a B plus. Well, Justin, there were a lot of corners taken in the first round, and I don't understand why um, by the time the Chiefs came around to 32, there were just no corners that I would have been happy with them taking. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's why I'm going to give him a B minus here. 
And let's go to the team that had the number one overall pick, probably the pick that we saw coming for at least two months. Brandon, what grade do you give the Bengals here? Similar to the Washington Redskins, this couldn't have been a more mind-numbing pick. A chimp could have made this. You point at a screen and they'll pick the player. Uh, Joe Burrow, easy, easy selection. I give the Cincinnati Bengals an A. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, to start day two with pick number 33, was uh, my favorite pick as well. At the time, the Bengals could have done great physical, I mean physical receiver, great compliment to A.J. Green on the other side of the field. He's going to be a red zone threat. Uh, So T. Higgins is a great pick to help out Joe Burrow and grow together. And they picked three linebackers in the draft. And that's going to brew some competition. And competition breeds success. And that's what Cincinnati is trying to do. When rebuilding, you want competition at the position battles. And when you get true position battle competition, when you're rebuilding a team, is when you find stars. And Cincinnati is about to find some stars. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of that. But I'm going to give him a B here. Joe Burrow. Definitely slam dunk, number one overall pick. I think he's going to do well with this team. I kind of agree with my cousin Chris saying that he potentially is going to be a Matthew Stafford type quarterback. Lots of accolades personally, um, putting up 5,000 yards. I think he's going to put up some stats, but maybe not win the games he's supposed to in the postseason. I could definitely see that happening, but I don't know why they went receiver in the second round. I love the T. Higgins pick. I think it's a great pick, but. I mean, you franchise A.J. Green. Tyler Boyd is a good number two receiver. If not, I think he could be a number one receiver. I think you should stick with John Ross for at least one more season. And there's enough wide receiver talent in this draft where you could have done it in the third round. Why you didn't go with O-line is beyond me. Why you didn't get a guard in the draft is beyond me. Uh, I don't think that Michael Jordan is that guy for them that they drafted last year. But Logan Wilson, man. He was a finalist for the Buckkiss Award, and I think this guy they got, I think he got him in the third round out of Wyoming. First of all, if you're a Buckkiss Award finalist and you're from Wyoming, that says a lot because Wyoming's not one of the best teams in college football. I like this. He's a great run reader. I think you need that against the Ravens, who, like we're going to talk about later, had a great draft, and also the Cleveland Browns, who have Nick Chubb. Uh, I'm going to give them a B here. But speaking of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Brandon, how do you think the Browns did compared to some of the other drafts they've had in their past? Every single year, the Browns have a good offseason. They have a good draft, and this year is no different. I give the Browns a B-plus here. Uh, Offensive tackle Jedrick Willis is good, but like I said, over Beckton, not sure if that was the best pick. I would have taken Beckton here, and they would have been bumped up letter grade. But, uh, you know, Willis isn't bad. Uh, Willis will be fine. He's no Beckton, though. Uh, second round, Del Pitt. Grant Del Pitt as a safety is a great pick in the second round. Uh, again, I don't know if safety is the most pressing issue for Cleveland here. However, best available. I like best available. Eh, everything else is good. Nothing else bad. Nothing else I can critique. Just a bunch of solid pits. And like I said, brewing competition breeds success. However, Cleveland doesn't always translate the same as other teams. B+. Plus. I'm going to go one great over you and give them an A- minus here. This is a sneaky good draft for the Cleveland Browns. I honestly think that Wills is an A-plus slam dunk pick. In my opinion, Becton was out of the four top offensive tackles, one of the more overrated ones. Uh, so I like Wills here. I, I think what they needed was not a guy who has a lot of upside but might not work out. They needed a guy who's solid, who's most likely definitely going to work out, and I think Wills is the guy here. Del Pitt, love this, one of the biggest deals here in the draft. Uh, he's a great replacement for Jabril Peppers, who they traded a couple years ago for Odo Beckham. I love Jordan Elliott. I think he's a great depth pick here for the defensive line. And the Browns, 
did what most teams actually should have done in this draft. Instead of just picking a bunch of receivers in the first couple of rounds, why not just wait to pick a quality receiver in the seventh round? And Peoples Jones, man, I like this pick. He's one of the steals of the draft for me as well. But the one thing I don't understand with the Browns and almost every other team in this draft, what is with the Browns' obsession with tight ends? I don't understand. Bryant is a great pick. I love this pick. But now you have Bryant, you have Ninjoku, and you have Austin Hooper. What are they going to do with all these tight ends? Is Ninjoku going to be on the trade block? I don't know. They picked up his fifth option. We're going to see if he might be on the trade block. And how about my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, not having a first round because they got an all-pro safety in Minka Fitzpatrick. How do you think the Steelers did without a first-round pick, Brandon? Yeah, I'm going to give the Steelers a C-plus here. Uh, Nothing mind-boggling. Like you said, they didn't have a first-round pick, but, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick was definitely worth that first-round pick, so I'm not going to really disrespect that because that made sense. Uh, Everything else, eh. Chase Claypool was a good pick where they got him. I think he'll make an impact immediately. But after that, just not too much more going on. The biggest thing I look back here is they didn't get a quarterback, which is interesting because Roethlisberger has been saying this for a while, but this should definitely be his last season hopefully uh he's just done rudolph isn't their guy hodges isn't their guy just and when you have a quarterback draft class as deep as this year's was just anything would have been fine here just anybody and they didn't get anything so uh that's a big question mark a whole bunch of eh players have talked about the rams yesterday it's just not much to critique not much to celebrate just eh I'm going to give them a C-plus as well. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, a very underwhelming draft. They had a second-round pick. They had J.K. Dobbins in their hands to pick, and then they pick a receiver. This is the biggest Steelers move, by the way. It's a Steelers-type draft pick here. You have a pick that's good, a player that's good, and then you pick a receiver instead. I think that they handed Dobbins to the Baltimore Ravens, who we're about to talk about next. Claypool's a good pick. He could be a game changer in the red zone, but I think there's a lot of players that are better available. I think the Steelers really showed their cards for the season with this pick. They didn't get Dobbins, which means they're going to be rolling with Connor. I think they did get a good running back, a decent running back pick. He could be a good game changer, but honestly, we need a guy who can run up and down the field and get a lot of snaps in. And I don't know if Connor's really the guy, but I like their picks at guard and safety and i like the pick in getting highsmith uh highsmith could be the guy to replace bud dupree if he ends up leaving after this year we signed him to his franchise tag but i'm just gonna give him a c plus here Uh, their team i think that could make the playoffs but not an overwhelming draft for them and now we go from one team like we have been the past couple of picks we go from one team that had an okay draft to a team that in my opinion have one of the best drafts of any team in this NFL draft, the Baltimore Ravens. Brandon, what do you think about the Ravens 2020 draft? You put it perfectly. I give the Ravens an A here. Uh, They had 10 picks, a lot of picks to work with. And I talked about this player a lot with the Seahawks yesterday, but Patrick Queen at 28 is absolutely amazing. The Seahawks messed up and the Ravens are celebrating because of it. J.K. Dobbins at 55 is amazing. He's my third ranked running back prospect in the draft, right behind Swift and Taylor. Uh, Justin Matabuiki at 71 is just amazing and just time and time again the ravens came up they picked the right player nothing show-stopping which is why i didn't give them an a plus however an a nothing to be upset about amazing draft 
Yeah, I'm also going to give them an A here too. Amazing draft. Their first five picks, they got starters at all five picks. Queen, like you said, there's comparisons to Ray Lewis here, but maybe not Ray Lewis type, but he's going to be a quality starter for the next 10 years for them. This running attack is going to be insane. J.K. Dobbins, Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram. I, I don't know how anybody's really going to try to stop this running attack here for the Baltimore Ravens. But like you said, Matt Abuke for the Baltimore Ravens, a good pick here. Um, provide some death. Duvernay, the receiver, I think picks a little bit high here. But man, I think this guy could definitely be a good slot receiver for them. And then Malik Harrison, another good depth pick at linebacker. Give him an A here. And now we go to the last division we are going over. How about the AFC South? And we're going to talk about first the Jacksonville Jaguars. What grade do you give in the Jacksonville Jaguars, Brandon? I give the Jaguars an A-. minus. Uh, all in all, not too bad. They got two first-round picks. C.J. Henderson fills a need at cornerback. I think he's the second best available at the position, so pretty good pick there. Uh, one of my favorite picks here is Clayvon Chason, a great linebacker, versatile, can do anything you want him to. He's going to step in and make an immediate influence. And again, another team laughing at Atlanta's mistakes. Uh, great pick. Uh, LaVisca Chenault is okay uh in the second round um he's an amazing player however he has a lot of injury concerns however he could be a true steal if he stays healthy because i do believe he is a top receiver prospect if he can stay healthy but that's a huge if the jaguars it's, it's just a team with a lot of holes but this is a great start for the rebuilding process yeah, I'm going to give them a B plus here. And there's one reason why is because they didn't get a running back or really a lot of offensive line here. Uh, I think if Fournette was really on the trade block, they would have picked a running back and they didn't. So I think Fournette's going to be there for a little bit. Um, maybe he'll get traded during the rest of the offseason or right before the trade deadline. But like you said, CJ Henderson, he might have been picked a little bit too early. But honestly, he was a need. He's probably on the top of their board. I commend them for sticking to the top of their board. I like that pick there. Chase on, he's a steal at 20. I think they were jumping for joy when C.D. Lamb fell all the way to the Dallas Cowboys and then didn't pick Chase on, and they were able to get him. Yannick, goodbye. You're not going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar anymore because of this pick. Good pick from them. Chanel, like you said, I think he could be a good pick here. Um, they need a lot of receivers, but man, I have a hot take for you right here, Brandon. Hot take. Colin Johnson is going to be a top five receiver from this draft class if he stays healthy. He was one of the top receivers coming into this draft before he got hurt and missed six games for the Texas Longhorns. I've been super high on this guy this entire draft. He was picked, what, in the fifth round? I think he could be a number one receiver easily for this team. And the feature, if he stays healthy, big steal. Give him a B plus here. And how about the Indianapolis Colts not having a first-round pick because they traded it to the San Francisco 49ers? So without a first-round pick, how did the Indianapolis Colts do in this draft, Brandon? Uh, they didn't have a first-round pick, but they did have two second-round picks. I thought this team may trade back up into the first, but they didn't. I'm okay with that because I gave them a B plus. All in all, a decent draft. Uh, their second-round picks were Pittman and Taylor, two great players, and I think they filled needs. Best available, I like the picks. QB, Jacob Eason, a great pick in the fourth. This is a team that has uncertainty at the quarterback position, to say the least. And so to get this guy where they got him, I believe he could end up being a star. Uh, but he's a question mark, as a lot of the Colts team is right now. I, this team could compete. This team could also completely be garbage next year. This team could really go either way. But all in all, a decent draft and a decent start to the season. B+. Plus. 
Yeah, I'm also going to give him a B plus here. I like Pittman. He's a good receiver. Could be the wide receiver too. But honestly, I'm just wondering what the Colts are doing evaluating receivers because they drafted Paris Campbell last year. He got hurt. So are you really just going to give up on him this quickly and draft Pittman? It's hard for me to see if this pick could work out, but we shall see. But man, Marlon Mack and Taylor in the backfield this could be one of the best one-two punches in the league next year at running back look out for this running attack i mean because you got an aging philip rivers and a really good offensive line this colts team may be running maybe relying on this running attack a lot more um but eason i looks like Brissett is out the door he's going to get traded within the next couple of months because of drafting eason i think this is a good pick for them he could develop a lot and possibly be the day one starter next season or maybe even the season after good arm i think he could definitely bomb the ball deep to ty hilton and a couple of good other picks that they've had um to fill some needs b plus here for the colts and how about the houston texans also not having a first round pick because they traded for laramie tunsil at left tackle who they gave a huge contract extension during the draft what do you think of the houston texans 2020 nfl draft and as they said, because Larry Tunsil definitely deserves that contract. You give up an arm and a leg for him, might as well stick him around to stay a while and see how he does. Uh, all in all, not too impressed. I get the Texans a C-plus right around the middle of the pack. Um, they only had five total pits, and as you said, no first-rounder. They got uh, defensive tackle Blacklock, uh, who was the best available at the position, and he fills a hole that they desperately needed to fill. Um, however, just a whole bunch of other forgettable picks. Uh, nothing terrible, nothing great, just a solid C-plus. Yeah, I'm also going to give him a C plus here. Honestly, for me, not having a first round pick, it's pretty big, especially for a team, in my opinion, that has a lot more holes than you think they do. I like to pick Blacklock in the second round, but then after that, it's just like, eh, like, I don't think they really picked anybody that could really help their team after the second round. Uh, I'm going to give him a C plus here. And how about the team? We had an interview with one of their writers or the head writer for the Tennessee Titans and Jim Wyant. How about the Tennessee Titans? What grade are you giving them here, Brandon? Uh, this is probably a team that went back and regraded the second most amount of times right behind the Chargers. And a whole bunch of different ranges. I settled on a B- minus here. Uh, I think that they might have needed a line a little bit too much in their mind because Isaiah Wilson offensive tackle was a reach where they got him. I don't like that pick. He might be fine, but if he would have probably fallen. And if not, was it really worth it? Because there were players on the board at the time, and I like best available. He was not best available, so interesting pick. Uh, on the other hand, Christian Fulton was a great pick, great solid pick. He'll step up and make an immediate impact. And someone I just want to talk about real quick is seventh-round quarterback Cole McDonald. Uh, they desperately needed a backup quarterback because you never really know uh, Ryan Tannehill, how he might perform, and so maybe a backup could be a good thing. But Cole McDonald here, I rank him as the Jameis Winston of backups because he has a lot of athletic talent and good potential, but horrible decision-making. He's very coachable, and if he's coached right, he could be good. That's why he was a seventh-rounder. Um, I don't dislike or like the pick. It's just an interesting pick, but B-minus for the Titans. Yeah, for the Titans, I'm going to give him a B-plus. I think Wilson was a pretty decent pick i mean they needed an offensive tackle to replace jack conklin who they got in the first round a couple years ago i think four years ago and i think wilson was a good pick here solid pick i think he will progress into uh maybe not one of the top right tackles in the league but i think a good right tackle in the league in the next couple years but like you said fulton great pick here to replace logan ryan they already have some good corners so adding another one not a bad idea but a couple weeks ago we talked to jim wyatt 
uh, like I said earlier. And one of the things he said was maybe they could look for another running back. I mean, he said Deion Lewis wasn't that guy. And Darrington Evans, my gosh, he might be one of the steals of the draft for running backs. An underrated steal because he was a change of pace back, no fumbles throughout his entire college career, and a 4.4140. Uh, This guy's insane. Definitely a good change of pace back for Derrick Henry. Good pick here. Cole McDonald, I think he could be one of the better backup quarterbacks for this team. It's going to be tough, though, because what if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt? Are you going to trust Cole McDonald to possibly try to take you down the stretch? I don't know. Um, Maybe they should have drafted an edge instead. I don't know, but I'll give them a B plus here. Hey, Justin, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Brandon? Now that we're done with our draft grades, it's only right that we begin the new decade the right way. Because it's time for Way Too Early Predictions. So for this segment of Way Too Early Predictions, we're going to do playoff seedings and Super Bowl champions immediately after the draft. So post-draft Way Too Early Predictions, uh, this is a segment where we just predict something that's just ludicrous to predict as early as it is. And we're going to get it right. Don't even have to watch the season if the season even happens at all. But this is the final playoff seedings for this upcoming playoffs bracket. So Justin, do you want to start us off with your now seven playoff seeds in the NFC? All right, my seven playoff season NFC will go from one to seven. Number one, I think the 49ers with the draft that they had and getting Ayuk and also getting Kinlaw, I think they really upgraded their team or at least just as good as they were last year. I'll put them at number one. Number two, this is going to be a little bit shocking, Brandon, but I'm going to put the Dallas Cowboys at number two, mainly because of the draft they just had. They would probably not even win the division if they didn't have the draft they did, but basically because of this draft, I'm going to give them the number two seed. Uh, I'm not too high in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I'm going to give them the three seed here. I think, again, same thing for the Dallas Cowboys. They improved their team a lot through this draft. I think that they will do enough to at least win this division and get a top three seed. The Green Bay Packers, they didn't do a lot in the draft like the Cowboys and the Bucks did, but I think they'll do enough to win their division. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, they're going to, they always somehow find a way to make it to the playoffs, uh, but they're not going to be able to win this division mainly because of Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the rise. Seattle Seahawks, they're always going to make the playoffs. Russell Wilson, he makes that magic. Uh, he's going to make the playoffs. And then a sneaky team. I think this seventh seed is going to be for a sneaky team, and that team is going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I think they had a pretty decent draft and getting DeAndre Hopkins doesn't hurt their team at all. I think they could barely squeak by into the playoffs for the NFC. All right, Justin. Well, I guess I'll give you my seven seeds. So first off, I gotta agree with you. San Francisco 49ers have no reason to knock this team down from where they are. They did great last season. They're going to do great again this year. There's just nothing that they showed me why I should knock them down at all. They're the first seed. The second seed, another team that just has done nothing at all to hurt themselves, but just done nothing at all to improve themselves. The New Orleans Saints, uh, great football team still. Uh, they're definitely going to win that division because that's not a great division. Or I mean, I don't know. We'll see how the Buccaneers do, but I got the Saints at number two. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, I have at three for a lot of the reasons you just said. This is going to surprise a lot of people. They're going to be at least a 10-win team. I'll put them into third seed. The Minnesota Vikings will win the North. I like this team a lot. And like I said earlier, depth is everything with a competing team. And the Vikings are definitely a competing team. The fifth seed, I think the Seahawks once again almost get that first seed and instead get the fifth. I like this team a lot. Did not like their draft as much. However, there's still nothing to dislike about their current roster. I got the Packers at sixth. I hate it. 
hated their draft, but they're again, still a decent team, good defense. They have Aaron Rodgers. No reason to bet against them. I don't think they're going to be mind-boggling. And yeah, seven, Justin, Arizona Cardinals. I like this team a lot. That receiving core is dangerous. You got Larry Fitzgerald, and you have now DeAndre Hopkins. They also have a pretty good rising young quarterback in Kyler Murray, and now they have Isaiah Simmons. I like a lot about what this Cardinals team is doing, and they are in prime position to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, and now going to the AFC for my seven seeds. And right now, because of this Ravens draft, it I, honestly, I think the AFC is between the Chiefs and the Ravens, but I'm barely going to give the Chiefs this seed of the number one seed. Uh, like you said with the Saints, they didn't really do anything to hurt themselves in the offseason, so I'm going to give them that number one seed. And the Ravens barely getting the number two seed. They, they're gonna, both of these teams are going to compete for this number one seed. And then the number three seed, my AFC East champs, Buffalo Bills. The Bills are going to win the AFC East. I think they did a lot at the receiving core with getting Stephon Diggs, and that defense is still the Buffalo Bills defense we saw last year. Uh, number four seed, this AFC South every year is up for grabs, and I think the Tennessee Titans are going to get that seed. Yes, Jarrell Casey did leave, and so did Logan Ryan, but I think they did a lot to fill a lot of those holes in, so I think they'll be able to win this division. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, they might be able to compete with the Baltimore Ravens if Roethlisberger stays healthy, but I don't like it when teams try to base their entire season off the health of one player, which is basically what the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, the sixth seed, like we've both been saying the Broncos are on the rise and just like with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers like I said the Broncos mainly because of this draft I think they're going to get the sixth seed and the seventh seed honestly I just want to see Phillip Rivers make the playoffs and I want to see the Indianapolis Colts get that seventh seed because honestly I think the seventh seed is just for a sneaky team who wins three games in a row at the end of the season I think the Colts could do it my first seed in the AFC is absolutely no surprise here the Kansas City Chiefs are just the powerhouse of the NFL, and nothing will change this upcoming season. Chiefs at number one. Number two is where I have you, AFC East champions, the Buffalo Bills. I like this team's defense. I like this team's young motivation. Uh, this is going to be a rising team for years to come. They sneak in with the second seed. I got the Ravens falling down to the third seed. I like a lot of this team. However, I think Lamar Jackson is finally going to start showing some things that Ravens fans not might like as much, but they're still going to be a solid team. He's still going to be a solid player. You got the Ravens at three the Tennessee Titans are at fourth and that's more just because I don't like this division they're the only team I can see in there competing at all uh so the Titans just hit the fourth seed in my opinion just purely based off of default I got the Patriots at five simply because Bill Belichick no matter how good or bad that team might be Tom Brady there or not you still have the greatest coach in NFL history I'm not willing to bet against them I put him at five now, here's my special team of the year. I've mentioned it a bunch. I got the Denver Broncos at six. Copy and paste everything I said in the draft recap. they building a young, talented squad, and they're going to grow together. Nowhere to go but up from here for the Broncos, and they're going to get in the playoffs. And in classic Cleveland style, they break two decades of mediocrity with the first seven seed in the AFC. It takes a rule change to put Cleveland in the playoffs and fitting to Cleveland history. The Browns finally break the playoff drought with new rules. I love it. The Browns at seven in the AFC. Don't give the Browns too much hype. They might not win any games this season. I'm not giving them too much hype. The seventh seed is not a lot of hype. It's just funny that that's how they break the playoff draft. <laughs>
All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, before we head off, Justin, Super Bowl, who is it? All right, I think the Saints from my seedings are going to somehow make a way to get to this Super Bowl, and they're going to play the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. Drew Brees riding off into the sunset, and Jameis Winston will take over for the New Orleans Saints in the future. I got the Vikings beating the Saints in the NFC Championship again just because it's hilarious. Uh, Give me the Minnesota Vikings against the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs repeat because, like I said, no one's stopping the Chiefs. This year. I'll be genuinely surprised if they do. Give me the Chiefs beating the Vikings in the Super Bowl. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes your full 2020 NFL Draft Recap. Thank you for joining us, not for just part one, but part two as well. And we'll be back same time next week with more Beyond the Blitz fashion fun stuff. And as always, stay purple. Blitz crew Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers. And until next time, this has been Beyond the Blitz. Blitz.